Well, hi everyone, and uh, just wanted to do this little little episode to talk about uh, Amazon's recent synopsis, <clears throat> which was released a few days ago. And a lot of podcasts have been doing a sort of, you know, a take, a hot take, if you like, uh, of the synopsis. So I thought I'd just get in on the on the fun and give my own thoughts. So it's just me on this um, on this particular podcast. So. Before I get into that, I just want to say a few things about the podcast. So, you know, so far um, we seem to have a small group of listeners, uh, which is nice. Um, but hopefully, we'll we'll grow in the coming months as we release more um, more podcasts. And uh, I've got a few interviews coming up. Um, one with uh, a scholar called Vladimir Berliak, who's from um, uh, the University of Durham, actually, and uh, he's a English um, uh, professor, uh, academic, and he wrote an article um, on sort of Tolkien and metafiction some time ago, which will be very interesting, I think, a sort of a compliment to the interview with Dennis Wise, which I did a while ago, back in December, and um, so that should be very interesting, um, and. Razib should be back next week or so, and we'll talk about the Akalabeth and uh, and sort of Numenor, and then after that we might move on to um, I don't know, maybe something something a bit different, um, perhaps perhaps even the Hobbit or uh, something like that, something a bit lighter and a bit more sort of well known. So you know that's where we are at the moment. Um, so if you are listening, then give us a subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We should be more or less everywhere. Um, I've also uploaded um, some of my, uh, some of the, well, all of the, um, the podcasts onto YouTube, uh, uh, just, you know, reading Tolkien pod. Um, but, you know, we're not primarily a YouTube channel, so it's just sort of the podcast with, you know, fairly boring background I'm not doing YouTube videos um, at the moment so just keep that in mind but um, you know we are there to listen to so in the meantime I just wanted to talk a bit about this synopsis um, for this upcoming Amazon show um, and just you know mention a few things push back on a few things that I've heard people say first of all you know I've heard a lot of this this notion that uh, and you know Hopefully, by the way, you've read it. I'm not going to read it all right now. Um, it's readily accessible online. So uh, if you haven't read it, just go to theonering.net or you know, look in uh, Google Lord of the Rings. It's pretty much uh, all over the internet um, on sort of pop culture sites. But um, you know, first of all, there's this notion that's out there that well, it doesn't tell us anything new. Um, and maybe it doesn't, but you know, in my experience, and I've been listening to a few podcasts that look at TV. You know, they're not talking podcasts uh, like The Watch, for example. Um, these people have talked a little bit about the show, but it's really obvious that most people have absolutely no idea what a second age is, or um, you know, that there's this whole backstory um, that. You know, actually has you know quite a lot written about it in in one way or another. Um, so you know, I think it's good that Amazon just came out with a very high level kind of synopsis, which kind of just explains that the Second Age is this kind of fabled age, 
as it were, and it's set thousands of years before. Yeah, we know all this, but a lot of people don't know this. This is going to be a, a sort of a learning experience. It's going to be a um, bit of a culture shock for a lot of people, I think. They're still expecting hobbits and stuff. So, um, you know, if, if the rumors are true that there's sort of the two first pilot episodes are kind of an hour and a half each, so we've got this kind of three-hour introduction to the, you know, to the show, um, you know, my feeling is that Amazon are really just going to, you know, do this enormous um, intro and, and hopefully that will set everyone right. But, um, you know, people are going to be surprised by this, by this setting, I think. Um, so, um, you know, I think that's, yes, as fans, we know what this is, but my feeling is that, um, uh, you know, a lot of people won't know what this is. So it's, it's as much for them as anyone else. Um, I think also, um, just to pick out a few things, it says that the show will begin in a time of relative peace. So as many people on, for example, the Reddit have pointed out, the Reddit site for the show, um, this sort of conforms with expectations that the show, you know, probably will begin about somewhere around the year 1200 or so of the Second Age, maybe a bit before, a bit later perhaps. Um, you know, if they're still going with the chronology, you know, as established in Tolkien's uh, work, which I hope they do. I hope they don't um, telescope the time timeline too much. I think it's actually important to the thematic um, uh, core of the story that kind of hundreds of years go past because because part of the story of the Second Age is kind of loss and defeat and, and death and you know the nature of um, the nature of human beings as opposed to elves, you know, who, who of course live forever. So I think it's important to, to feel that. And of course, you, then you then you um, you also, I think, need to really develop the Numenorians as a kind of colonial power, you know, gradually over time. And that shouldn't happen sort of immediately, like you know, Daenerys becoming a becoming a sort of a, a Hitler figure. Um, you know, it's got to happen gradually and believably, and you know, for good psychological reasons, as it really as it does if you read the text carefully in the various places. So. You know, my hope is that they they do that, and they've um, they've read the text carefully, and that they know what they're they're doing. Um, a few other other items that I suppose are fairly um, fairly unsurprising. Um, we look at the Misty Mountains, go to Linden, mentions Numenor, um, the furthest reaches of the map, which people have talked about. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what that means, but um, no doubt we will see stories developed in sort of, you know, uh, areas of, of Middle-earth that we haven't really visited. And that should be interesting. I don't think there's anything wrong or unsurprising about that. You know, if you're under the delusion that this is not going to have a lot of invented characters, you know, sorry, but it, it will. And But I think it will still be, you know, really anchored by, by characters that we know. So I don't think that this will be, um, you know, whole... whole, whole whole-scale invention or anything like that. I think, you know, hoping hoping fans will be pleasantly surprised by the, the care that they take. Um, that's what I hope at any rate. Um, and so that's all very expected, but I suppose my only issue, if I have an issue at all, is this notion that, um, that unlikely heroes were tested and, and this, this notion of hope um, hanging by the finest of threads. Um, it seems to me a little off for the Second Age, and, and I, I read a post by uh, Daniel 
uh, Stride, who I interviewed, who's the first interview, um, again, on his um, blog, Foolish Fellow. And, you know, he writes that um, there are no hobbits in the Second Age, there are no audience circuits. Um, rather, one encounters the more classical hero in the sense of the traditional epic. Um, you know, unquote, that was a quote from him. So, you know, what I'm hoping is, is that we is that we see that kind of hero, right? Um, and while it seems doubtless that they will introduce kind of audience surrogates to some extent, um, you know, sort of, you know, uh, lowly people, peasants or villagers or something, and, you know, maybe we'll follow one of them. My hope is that we do really stay with those central characters, those central larger-than-life characters. Um, I think that will be, that'll be interesting. And Daniel also says, quote, um, um, the Second Age is characterized by an ongoing theme of fall, both literal and figurative. Um, the two major plot strands uh, of this time period, uh, the Rings of Power and Numenor, are both studies in failure. So, I, you know, I'm hoping it's not sort of, you know, the heroes overcome adversity and, and, and we sort of come out, you know, with, with hope in the end and, and whatever. You know, it really is a story of failure. Um, the elves are kind of um, corrupted in a sense, or at least some of them are. Um, Numenor is totally destroyed, you know. Isildur falls at the end of the age. Um, that's really where the heart of the story is. And, you know, as I've said a couple of times, or hinted at at least in past podcasts, um, the sen sentiment of the second age is, is different to the Lord of the Rings the book. It's a different kind of... It's a different kind of uh, almost philosophical point of view. Um, and, you know, this, this comes to, I guess, my final point, which is that a lot of people, you know, I've heard perhaps casual fans talking about how things like gratuitous violence or gratuitous sex shouldn't and don't belong in Tolkien. And I just want to say to that, well, it depends what you mean. He's not just the author of The Lord of the Rings. He's also the author of... Aldarian and Arendis. He's also the author of The Children of Hurin and The Silmarillion. These works are, well, in my opinion, um, quite different in sentiment to The Lord of the Rings. Um, they really showcase a more despairing side of Tolkien, I think. Um, perhaps a more pessimistic side as well, uh, in some respects. As Verlin Flieger, great scholar, has always pointed out, um, especially you know, in her book, uh, Splinter Light, there are these two poles. Um, there's the pessimist and there's the kind of optimist. There's the pagan and there's the Christian. Um, you know, in my mind, the the Christian, the, the optimistic, the, the sort of the eucatastrophic um, is overemphasized, um, perhaps understandably, because um, at least I think for most people, um, the Lord of the Rings is a kind of optimistic book in the end. Um, although I think that that's too simplistic a reading, but, you know, in the Second Age, we shouldn't have an optimistic Tolkien. We should have a kind of dark, pessimistic story. Um, that's what it is. And, I don't know, maybe maybe some people don't like that image or that picture of, of humanity or um, elvendom, as it were, presented in that story, but I think that's the story that's there, and so I hope, you know, I hope, I hope the writers um, don't impart import too much of that sort of that optimistic that sort of homely that 
um, nostalgic vibe from the Lord of the Rings novel, which has its own very particular sentiment. I hope that it transposed that to the second age, where honestly it doesn't belong. It's not part of that story. Um, so, you know, that's my own opinion, and um, that's that's sort of my hope um, for, for the story. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll link Daniel's um, Daniel's uh, blog post in the show notes if you'd like to read that more. That more or less sort of encapsulates my own thoughts as well. Um, so I just wanted to to give a shout out to Daniel as well for um, for writing that interesting post. So you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the show. I hope they come out with some set pictures or something soon. It'd be really lovely to see what they're doing design-wise or um, sort of character-wise. Um, my own hope is that they stray away from Peter Jackson, but I know that, um, you know, that's not necessarily going to happen. But my own feeling is that even if at the start of this show they they sort of adhere close to some of that design aesthetic, the, the longer the shows go on, the show goes on, the more it will sort of... Um, the more it will diverge, I reckon. Uh, I think the the creative team for a show like this really needs to have freedom to, to do what they they want to do, I think. And, and adhering too closely to the design aesthetic of the films is just going to be so constricting. Um, you know, um, I, I think, anyway, it, I feel like that would be frustrating for me. So I hope they, they have, have a bit of freedom there. Um, you know, the elves don't have to have, you know, the sort of the... I don't know those curved blades. The, the you know the they don't have to have the the sort of um, the exactly the kind of armor they had in the the Second Age prologue to the Fellowship of the Ring movie. You know, I think it'd be a mistake to sort of have to design up to some point in the Jackson movies. Um, you know, just so constricting. But even if they do that, I, I reckon um, I don't think that'll last. I think they'll they'll you know gradually carve their own aesthetic out of, um, you know, for the show. So anyway, I'm going to sign out now. And uh, as I say, uh, I'll be back soon, hopefully, with Razib to talk about a Akalabeth. So um, I just want to say a quick word about um, some of the readings for the, the main stream of the episode where I discuss texts with Razib. Um, these more or less assume that you've read the texts in all in all instances. So we're not doing a sort of intro reading to The Lord of the Rings or to The Silmarillion or something like that. Um, you know, we're doing sort of discussion of texts that we've read and that, you know, the expectation or the the, sent, or the the hope, you know, at any rate, is that the audience will have read as well. And basically that's how we proceed. So, you know, this is not, an, this is not really, at, at least most episodes are not really going to be for... Um, newcomers to Tolkien's fiction, I mean, for people who want to go further in more depth and, you know, look at the text in greater detail. So um, just bear that in mind as well. So I'm going to sign out and thank you very much.